Hello, and welcome to the Christ Table Podcast, a Bible study for those who struggle with digging into the Bible, but who want to develop a richer faith, one with some meat on its bones. I'm Kevin Young, a media guy turned minister who's passionate about helping others thrive, especially spiritually. If you're unaware, Christ Table is a movement of people returning the church to her roots in homes, around tables, over food with old friends and fresh conversations. Check us out over at www.christtable.today. In the meantime, today's study continues on the topic of unity as we make our study through the book of Ephesians. We'll be in chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. Let's dig in. As we journey into Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11, the first word that we find Paul using here is the word remember. Now, my translation in Ephesians 2.11 says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. But the word that Paul uses here is actually remember. Oftentimes we'll talk about this word remember being a very biblical word. Perhaps the best place that we have is an example of the word remember in the New Testament is Jesus at the Last Supper encouraging us to remember his body, to remember his blood, to remember his work. There is something spiritual and something important that God wants us to continue to go back into our minds and into our history to remember. Here, Paul encourages the Gentiles whom he's writing to. Gentiles are simply everybody who isn't Jewish. The people in Ephesus who Paul is writing to are then thus Gentiles. He's encouraging them to not forget or to remember that they used to be outsiders. What did they used to be outsiders of? Well, they used to be outsiders of God's plan. God's plan initially rolled out to the Jews, and the plan was always and had always been, even as far back as Abraham, for God to bring the Gentiles into it. But what happened was, was the Jews, and we see this happening in the Old Testament, and even in the beginning of the New Testament, the Jewish people became very uh, close-minded about Gentiles and became very exclusive and kind of wanted to hold God all to themselves. This shouldn't really make us dislike or, or hate the Jews in any way, shape, or form. We all do this in our immaturity as as children. You know, the word mine. Uh, it is a learned thing for us to understand and become people who are able and willing to share. And perhaps in religious and spiritual contexts, the sharing is the most difficult. And so the Gentiles were for many centuries essentially outsiders to God's plan in the mind of the Jews. In fact, Ephesians 2.11, Paul goes on to say that you were called uncircumcised heathen by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision. Now, memories can be paths to success or memories can be scars that disable. Perhaps part of the reason why the Jewish people kept Gentiles at arm's length rather than inviting them into the plan of God and into this faith and this spirituality and this followership that 
brought them alive and that they got to enjoy the benefits of perhaps the reason why Jews were reticent to allow Gentiles into the family of God is because they had many scars from Gentiles in the past as a part of their story. One of perhaps the most uh, obvious ones is the Egyptian captivity. For 500 years, they were in captivity in Egypt under slavery from Gentiles. There were other times where Jewish people ended up having to leave their homeland because of the fact that they had broken the covenant with God. They certainly had a great deal of animosity to the Babylonians, to the other nations in which had been a part of essentially taking away their autonomy as a nation. And so for them, when they thought of Gentiles, those memories from their history left scars that disabled them from allowing Jewish, from allowing Gentile people to become fully a part of their family of faith. And so they said, not yours, but mine. But memories can also be paths to success. If the Jewish people as a nation and as a people had looked at the Gentiles through a different lens and said, by far, these people who have treated us so badly, who have enslaved us, who have taken our homeland, who have harmed us and wounded us deeply, these people more than any people need to understand what it means to follow the one true God, to be a part of the family of faith, then those painful memories for them could have been a path to success. By and large, though, at least in the first century, that was not the path that the Jewish people had taken when it came to Gentiles. Gentiles, to them, were outsiders and intentionally so. In fact, going so far, as Paul says in Ephesians 2.11, to call them the uncircumcised heathens because the Jews were proud of their circumcision. In fact, it was a bit of a pejorative, a derogatory term that they would refer to Gentiles as the uncircumcised, and they would refer to themselves using the term we, the people of the circumcision, as though they had privilege because of it. The difficulty is that privilege often leads to serious and egregious abuse, and privilege is a huge failure of faith. But the Jews here were unable to see their privilege, or even if they saw it, were unwilling to admit that their privilege should also be allowed to spill over into the Gentiles, that that was God's call from all the way back to Abraham. We still do this today. I understand that privilege is something of a lightning rod word that attracts a lot of negative attention. But I think that we have to, as religious people, as spiritual people, as followers of the way of Jesus Christ, we must admit that we live lives of privilege because of our closeness to God, because of our understanding, because of who we are, because of that relationship. 
in the same way, the Jews lived lives of great privilege because of their covenant with God, because of their relationship with him and being a part of the family of God. And unfortunately, so often that led to serious abuse and serious elitism in which they would have said, no, we're not privileged. We've been in captivity. We've been deeply wounded and harmed. But they allowed their memories to become negative associations that drove them towards greater privilege and greater exclusivity rather than allowing the harm and the suffering that they had endured, those memories, to become things that drove them to use their privilege with God to change the world. And we do that today. We who are privileged always run the risk of seriously abusing that privilege in order to harm others. And that is a huge failure of faith and a huge failure of our call. Even though circumcision only affected their bodies, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 11, and not their hearts. It was an outward thing, the circumcision that they were proud of, that they felt like gave them privilege. But unfortunately, it was unable to change their hearts. And so on the outside, they may have been adherents to this wonderful family of God and all the blessings and things that it brought. But it was clear that God's law had not reached the depths of their hearts because they allowed their privilege to lead to exclusivity and the rejection of the Gentiles. Paul writes to the Gentiles back in those days, back before Jesus, just like the Jews, you were living apart from Christ. And so you were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. And you didn't know that the, pro the covenant promises that God had made to them. The Gentiles were unaware of all the blessings that come as being a member of the family of God. They were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel and the family of God. And, and the Jews in those days did not tell them how great a privilege it was. And so they didn't know and they weren't told. And the people who could have told them withheld it from them. Paul says, you lived in this world without God and without hope, but, and this is an incredibly important conjunction, but you lived in this world without God. You lived in this world without hope. And, and how often does that describe our journeys of the past and, and even in moments, our journey of the present? We live in a world without God, and often we live in a world without hope, but, and here's this idea of unity, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. How? How have I been united with Christ Jesus? How is anything different now that wasn't different then in those moments without God and those moments without hope? Well, Paul continues on and concludes here in verse 13. Once you were far away from God, but now, and there it is again, but now, and so he's set up that dichotomy, the 
opposites there, the juxtaposition. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. And so now you may be united with God and not have to go through the Jews. Now you may be united with God and not have to go through the Jewish system. In the old days, that was the only way really truly to get to God was to go through the Jewish system in the Old Testament. And they built a very closed system that disallowed almost all Gentiles uh, of any sort from gaining access to God. But now, because of Christ, access to God, the doors have been thrown open and there is no one standing in the way of you being united with God. At the crucifixion, at the death of Jesus, the Gospels say that the temple curtain was rent, was torn from top to bottom. That curtain was several stories tall. It was not torn or rent with any human hands. God himself ripped open the curtain so that all now could have access to him and not have to go through a Jewish priest. All because of the blood of Jesus, you and I have been brought near to God. And so now it does not matter whether we are of the circumcision or the uncircumcision. In the Old Testament, circumcision was a sign of obedience to God. But God said it's not the outward signs that I want. What I want is the inward signs. And in other places in scripture, that is referred to as the circumcision of the heart. I want the obedience of the heart, not the obedience of the body, the obedience of the heart. Once you were far away from God, but now, but now you have been allowed to be brought near to him, to be brought near to God, to be able to be united with God. Why? through Jesus, through the blood of Christ. We are now united with God. This Bible study from the book of Ephesians is brought to you by Christ's Table. If you'd like to join us in the study, there's an easy to follow guide in the show notes. We'd love to have you join us. You know, 65 million adults in the United States have dropped out of church, and that number will grow by 2.7 million before the end of the year. We here at Christ Table are committed to doing something about that. We're committed to creating a world where the table is once again the center of the home, the center of family life, and especially the center of faith formation. Our mission? That's simple. To help people eat freely and drink deeply of life and of faith. Find out more about us by going to www.christtable.today. And when you get over there, be sure to sign up for our email list. And for those who choose to donate, I've got a resource box that I'd love to send you in the mail as our thanks. Trust me, you're going to like it. By the way, this podcast is available because of the generous donations of our listeners and the incredible community of people who call Christ Table their spiritual home. Join us in our next episode as we continue our step-by-step study through the book of Ephesians. And if you'd like to watch the Bible study live, there is more information about that on our website as well over at www.christtable.today. Thanks so much for listening. We wouldn't be here without you. Until next time.
I'm Pastor Kevin Young, and this is Christ's Table, not today. <music>